Hello friends and welcome to Beating Business Bullies, a place where we find empowerment to make financial decisions with confidence and bravery. Today we're going to be talking about our most expensive purchase, our house. What does it all mean? Well, again, we're making big purchases. What do we got to do? We got to do our research. Today we're going to talk about the research it takes on our own kind of internal finances, what we have, um, how much we earn, what's our credit score, what's our utilization rate, that sounds scary, utilization rate, uh, your debt ratio, um, total income and how much house can I, can I afford, and then what it means to have good debt, what does it mean, um, good debt versus bad debt. So let's talk about the first thing, your credit score. Um, know your credit score, not only from just buying a house, but getting credit, whether it be at Best Buy or um, a symphony home loan, whatever it might be, your credit score is going to drive what interest rate you get. The better the credit score, the lower the interest rate, which means um, the cost of money goes down. Your credit score, <clears throat> you're going to be between 300 and 850. 300 obviously is really bad. And 850 is, I think there's maybe one or two people in the whole country that have an 850. So where do you want to be? Well, you want to be between 670 and 750 to kind of feel like you have good credit where you can go in and buy a car, go in and get a house, um, and not have to do too much credit repair um, to get there. So if you do go in, you do a credit, a credit score check, you can get it done through your credit card company, you get done through Experian. There's many ways to find your credit score. Go find it, know what it is. Because if you're gonna look at buying a house, the first thing that's gonna happen, they're gonna pull your credit report and look at your credit score. And if you're below 670, they're gonna say, go fix your credit first. So before you even start in that process, go look at your credit score. You may need to go fix a few things. Credit score is gonna give you an output Basically, every single thing that you've ever bought on credit, whether it be a credit card from a Visa MasterCard or a Target or a Macy's or a Nordstrom or you got a Best Buy credit card, whatever it is, it's going to be on there and it's going to be on there from the beginning. And what a credit score tells you is not how much money you make or how much you're worth. It talks about how well you pay your bills. So it's going to list out every single payment you've made to a credit card from the start to the finish and how well you paid. The better you pay, the higher your score. But that's not all you do on a credit score. So that's the first thing. So if you have credit cards that are delinquent or credit cards you didn't pay that went, um, that got shut off on you, those types of things, you gotta go fix those things. They'll drive your credit score back up and give you the power to go get cheap money or low interest rates. You want to be paying 9% interest. You want to be paying 35 or 4% interest. So go run your credit score, see where you're at, and then look at if there's anything that'll it'll, it'll tell you right off the, off the top. It'll say, this one, this one you're delinquent on, and you got to go pay $300 to get it off your credit score. And so you can go fix those and drive up your credit score. There could be erroneous stuff on there that's just not true, and you can go fight it. Just dive into it. Don't be afraid of it. Um, the worst thing you can do is bury your head in the sand and not worry about your credit score because as you get older, it just gets more and more harder and harder and harder um, to get things because your credit score sucks. And if you don't fix it, then you'll be 50 years old and you won't own a car and you won't own a house and you'll wonder what the hell happened. 
Second thing the credit score gives you is your utilization rate. All that means is, that for a perfect example, is that if you have a credit card and it has a $10,000 limit and you, you owe $5,000 on it, that means you're at 50% utilization. If you have two credit cards and they equal 20000 and you owe 12000 it's a 60% utilization rate. To get a good credit score, you want to be around 30%, so you never want to have more than 30% sitting on your credit cards at any one given time. So if you're a 90%er, that's going to knock down your credit score. So if you have a $10,000 limit and you're constantly at $9,500, $9,800, $9,000, only paying the minimum, that will hurt your credit score because it shows that you're not paying your bills in a timely fashion. So utilization rate. So those are the two big things. Basically, how many credit cards you've had, how long you've had them, what is your pay history, have you ever been delinquent, have you been shut off? That's one part of your score. And then the other part is how much open credit do you have and how much are you using of that open credit? And again, we want to be somewhere between 670 and 750 for a good credit score where we can go in and just get whatever we want at a nice low interest rate and feel good that if we go down the road of buying a house, we're not going to be on an uphill battle right out of the beginning. So go run your credit score, look at where you're at and fix where you need to fix before you go down the road of looking for a house and and open up a mortgage and trying to go down that road you're just going to get rejected anyway <clears throat> so that's the first piece and i keep grumbling something in my throat let me clear my throat <clears throat> all right so let's talk about how much you can afford total income rule of thumb is three and a half to four your annual income so if you make $25,000 a year, you're going to be somewhere around between eighty-five dollars and $100,000 that you'll be able to be qualified for. Tons of qualification tools out there. Every single mortgage company in the world has them. Just go online, throw in how much money you make, how much you're looking, what your interest rate you think is going to be, and all of those are going to be calculated because you're going to know your credit score. And you put your input your credit score, and it will tell you what your interest rate will be, Right now, it's going to be somewhere between four, four and a half if you have really good credit, and probably five to seven if you have really not very great credit. So, total income, how much house I can afford, basically rule of thumb, take three to four times your annual income, and that's how much you can afford. So if you make $100,000 a year, you can start looking at a three hundred fifty to $450,000 house. Pretty simple. Second piece you're going to look at is how much credit you have and what your credit score is. That will determine if someone will approve you. Now, once you get through those two hurdles, now you're going to go see a mortgage broker and you're going to start the process. Be patient. A good mortgage broker will walk you through everything and do the majority of the heavy lifting. It's just your job to be patient and maintain your sanity because you're going to be throwing curveballs throughout the process about how much money you have. Because when you go into escrow and you start looking at it, you have to, start have to put out together four years of W-2s to make sure that you've been making $100,000 a year for the last four years. So that's the first thing you got to do. Get your W-2s in order. Make sure that you have that information available. You're going to have two months of pay stubs. They want to see how much money you're making and how much money you're spending so they can see what your debt ratio is or 
what your spending ratio is. So if you make $10,000 a month, but you spend nine of it, that's not very good. It's 90% utilization. It's not going to be good. So again, you want to be at that 30 to 40% utilization, 40 to 50% utilization, because they want to make sure that you have enough money and that you've been making money long enough to afford this 30-year mortgage, which generally you're going to look at. You can get 15s. Um, 15s are obviously going to be a lower interest rate. They're going to be a higher monthly rate. You're going to pay off the home faster. But majority of the time, the base is 30-year fixed, fixed interest rate for the entire time. Boom, 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 done. Simple. Next thing you're going to do is you're going to look at, like I said, they're going to look at your W-2s. They're going to look at your pay stubs. They're going to look at how much money you make. Um, so yeah, back to the pay stubs. So not only are they going to want your W-2s, but they're also going to want the last two months of your paychecks so they can see that not only are your w two strong, that you've been making that much money in those years, but the last two months you've been making that much money. And then you get your checking accounts and they go through those to make sure that you're not outputting too much money than your input. So clean all those things up before you even start the process because it'll just elongate the process. The more closets, you know, more skeletons you have in the closet, stuff that just doesn't add up, they're going to find it. You know, ever since, you know, the, the financial crisis in the aughts, um, getting a getting a mortgage um, has been very 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 difficult. They've made very made it stronger standards. Um, next thing you gotta think about: <clears throat> you found the house you can afford. Now you need to found that down payment. There's two ways to do it. There's the five percent way with property mortgage insurance, or there's twenty percent down and no property mortgage insurance. PMI, property mortgage insurance, is just that. It's an insurance policy that says if you default on the loan, the insurance company will pay that loan. It is 15 to 20% uplift on your monthly recurring. So if you have a $2,000 house payment, you can have a $400 PMI. So where does PMI come in? If you are putting a down payment less than 20%, you will have to have PMI until you own 20% of the house. So two ways could happen. You could buy the house and it could appreciate and all of a sudden you own 20% of it and you can refinance and get rid of your PMI. Or when you buy the house, you put 20% down and you don't have to have PMI or property mortgage insurance. You're also gonna have taxes. Depending on where you live, your taxes are gonna be anywhere from 0.9% to four or 5%. So you may have five to six thousand dollars a year in taxes. You're gonna have homeowners insurance that'll be a thousand dollars a year to fifteen hundred dollars a year. So when you start looking at how much the cost of the house is, you're gonna run your mortgage on Quicken Loans. It's gonna say uh, for a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, you need six hundred and twenty-three dollars a month. But you're gonna need six hundred and twenty-three dollars to cover the mortgage. If you don't have 5% down, you're going to have to have PMI insurance, which is probably going to be another $120. So now you're at $750. You're going to have somewhere between $1,000 and $1,500 a year because you're going to be around 1% to 2% of um, taxes. So that's another $2,000. So that's another $2,000 a year is about $160 a month. So now what was $620 is now $910. So you can see that. Once you start building this case and you start understanding all of it, then when you start 
looking at how much you can afford, you can adjust that and you can go in and not get yourself in trouble by looking at a $400,000 house and all of a sudden everything comes back through escrow and it's more than you can afford. That's why you have to have patience. That's why you have to be flexible. That's why you have to not let this be an emotional event and just making an uh, event, a financial event with no emotion. These are the facts. The better the credit score, the better their interest rate, the less the monthly payment's gonna be. It's simple. If you do the research on your own finances and you don't stick your head in the sand. Last thing we're gonna talk about is good debt. When you get a mortgage, the interest payment that you make is a tax write-off. What that means in the simplistic form is, if you make $100,000 a year and you have a $600 a month mortgage payment, the way that the mortgage payments are made is that they you pay the principal at the end of the loan, not the beginning of the loan. So in the beginning of the loan, it's 80% interest and 20% principal. So on a $620, you might have 450 of that going to interest. That $450 times 12 it's $5,400. That $5,400 will come right off of your total gross income. So if you make $100,000 a year and you have a $623 mortgage, that means you have about $5,400 that you can take off. And so now you'll be taxed at $95,000 a year instead of $100,000 a year. That's good debt. That debt's working for you. That becomes a tax write-off. Rather than rental, which is just a lost income. So if you're renting and you're paying... 750 bucks a month in rent that pure rent there's no tax write-off that's just sunk money but if you had a 750 dollars mortgage 80 percent of that is going to be a tax write-off so it does behoove you to get a house the taxes are written for people to own own houses and to get a break if you own a house so go own a house go get it done um that's what i had for today I hope it worked out for you okay, and please, any feedback, provide it, and then um, go out there, get your head out of the sand, run your credit score, and understand how much buying power you have before you go out there and um, get locked into a mortgage. Thank you.